Alright, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast, talking week three in the SOFL. Joining me tonight as your host and commission, the Denver Desert Dog, is from Take Your Ball and Go Home. I think it might be uh, league leading scorer, Take Your Ball and Go Home. How it's you not close. Great to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. I was kind of waiting for the introduction because I did want to yeah, highlight the fact. First place, take your ball and go home. Uh, awesome to be here. Excited to talk week three. Um, it's always fun when, you're, uh, when your team's winning. Yeah, your team's good. Uh, big game from your uh, two big money receivers last week. So, uh, nice job and looks like you are going to be the class of your division. Um, joining us is from the Seawolves, uh, Phil Bruce. Welcome back, Phil. Oh, man. Good to be back. A lot of things I want to unpack here with my opening rant, as always. So you, you called out the two 35-point scorers on his wide receiving core, the big, big money guys. He had like five guys that went for 35 points. He almost scored 200. It was incredible. Amazing to watch. Everybody was rooting for the 200-point game. No, good to be back. Some podcasts mean more than others, and, and sometimes you need that break for fantasy football, and this is one of those weeks, so happy to be back on. Happy to get into it. I've got some pretty hot takes ready to go with these matchups. Did you listen to last week's podcast? Uh, I did until I became... So angry, I couldn't see anymore, and then I I hit pause. I moved on. Was that about baseball or your running backs? Which part made you angry? Baseball got me started. The running back core finished me off, and that's <laughs> I turned to the passenger next to me on the American Airlines flight and just took a sway and was promptly escorted off the aircraft. Okay. Well, I have trivia for you guys tonight, and we saw a six. We saw a we saw a six touchdown quarterback effort last week from Tua Tungavailoa. He was the Nickelodeon valuable player on this week's episode of Slime Time that the kids and I watched tonight. Um, if you guys don't know about it, it's a great thirty-minute kid-focused NFL recap done by Nate Burleson and Young Dylan. If you guys know who Young Dylan is, I don't. Um, bad radio. Alright, so Tua had six touchdowns last week. There are... Let me make sure I have this right. Five other active quarterbacks who have thrown six or more touchdowns in an NFL game. Mahomes. I'm wondering if you guys can name those five other quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes is on this list. So there's six including Mahomes? No, six including Tua Tungavailoa. Okay, so now there's four left? Yes. Nice. Tua, and you got Mahomes first. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to take Mahomes, I will take Thomas Brady. Tom Brady is on this list. He did it twice. Um, second most, tied for second most all time behind Peyton Manning. He did it three times in his career. Reason for every question. Reason for every question. 
Oh, man. <clears throat> there's two guys, I want to say. So there's two left. Oh. Uh, three left, sorry. I know one of them is not on this list. Um, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll go out early again. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is on this list. Yes! Um, October (laughs) (laughs) he's done it twice as well Uh, October 14th 2012 against the Texans and November 9th 2014 against the Bears because he owns them and he still owns them two left that was my guess oh Pickens what a play Wolves have something. No, he's on my no, team. I, now. Dro- I, I dropped him. Ah, nice. To Ryan Beckley. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. One two more. So two of them, they're obviously hard. Um, one of them is I wasn't sure that he was active until I I looked at him, so that makes it difficult. If that oh, that's not good. Okay, so he's. Not a starter. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Although, yeah. (laughs) I feel like there's a McCown somewhere on this list. Uh, Man. Man. Not a starter, but still on the list. No, but he did start one very important game for a a franchise. Well, that kind of narrows it down. Both quarterbacks played a majority of their career and recorded their six touchdown games with NFC teams, but both All are right. currently on AFC teams. You, Shane, you, you, you want to pass? Um, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of the one that played one game, played one important game for one franchise. Is that what you said? Yes. So he was a Super Bowl quarterback? Well, if you consider the Super Bowl to be an important game, Shane, then <laughs> yes, yes, he was. Well, trying to go through the Super Bowl quarterbacks here in the recent history. I'm, I'm pretty sure I know both. All right, I got one. Okay. Uh, Nick Foles. Yes, Nick Foles had a seven-touchdown game um, for the Eagles. On November 3rd, 2013. Uh, I'll round it out to complete the perfect trivia question. Uh, Reason for every question, because this guy, he might already be on the wire. Um, I had to look. RW1. That's not correct. Oh, come on! (laughs) Uh, Russ has a couple five touchdown games, but no six. This quarterback performed this feat uh, early in the 2018 season. And fellas, there's a reason for every question. That's not the reason was. Damn it. There's a reason for every question. Yeah. I mean, 
<laughs> I'm guessing that means that it's Mr. Trubisky. <laughs> it is Mitchell think, Trubisky. I don't think set for six. It is. Oh, Mi- you you opened it with the Nickelodeon MVP. Damn it. It is Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, six touchdowns against Tampa Bay, September thirtieth, twenty eighteen. Wow. So, wow. Um, and he also got the Nick MVP vote. No, the that was MVP or whatever that, that was, was. That was that was Tua. No, but Trubisky got it. Oh in that yeah, Nickelodeon game. That's right. He lost that you, game to the Saints. You knew that. That's why you said that. I did. I I remember that now, but I didn't. Uh, yeah. That was not factored into my discussion. All right. So, looking at the landscape of the Suns of Fantasy. Thanks. Good, good questions. Uh, landscape of Sons of Fantasy Football League. We have three 2-0 teams atop each division. Fleetwood Franchise, Bull Weevils, and Take Your Ball and Go Home. And we have three 0-2 teams. Myself, Steel Curtain, and Never Score. And then... Um, <laughs> Everybody else is at one and one. That is a tough, tough, tough coming from the guy that has 126 yes, points. Yes, yes, I know, I know. It's not good. Oh, man. Ow. Najee Harris, Tutter. Get dogged on by a guy averaging 63 points a week. Yeah. <laughs> half, half the league sounds doubled him up in the first two. Yep. yep. We're trying to get in the 70s this week. It's a slow burn over here. Um, not, I mean, I guess there was a little bit of action on the waiver wire this week. We saw Tua go for $27. I uh, thought that was interesting. I would have been in that market if not for the fact that I didn't like the matchup this week against Buffalo. Um, what would you guys think about Tua? Are you believers in the Dolphins lefty? I mean, I I totally missed the wire this week. Um, <laughs> still haven't gotten used to the new format. Still, I still uh, refuse to get used to the new format. Uh, it was, I think it was yesterday at like three something o'clock, and I just thought to myself, like, God damn it, that the wire ran it like three hours ago. I'm like, I always, I, I can never remember it. Um, Wait, what's anyway. the new format? Are you talking about the format we did like three years ago? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. But, I mean, 
you got those two guys, Waddle and, and Hill, to throw the ball to there. It's going to be a problem, and clearly he's reaping the benefits so far. So I'm okay with that. Follow that. Uh, you guys know I'm not opposed to spending a lot of money on a quarterback, and what two has been able to do with Tyreek Hill in this offense. Yes, it's a little bit more than what I would be comfortable with, but my God, uh, he's just been phenomenal. You can't think he's going to play from behind every game like he just did against the Ravens, but he had a pretty good game against the Patriots too. Uh, I like him at least the first half of the season, but we've seen a lot of other quarterbacks do really well the first eight or nine weeks and then just completely disappear. He might be in that camp. I don't know. Yeah, I like uh, I like Tua this year. I think he's, you know, they can't run the ball, so while you're saying they probably won't uh, play from behind as much, um, I just think that they can't run it. And then the short passes are going to become an extension of that uh, running game, and that's what's going to help, uh, help him get yards with those guys, just get them in space and let them do the work with their legs. Uh, a, a really smart guy once told me that Tyreek Hill is the most dangerous player in the league with the ball in his hands. So, <laughs> how's Mikey's team doing? His running back, uh, RB two slot, the guy is still shot. <laughs> but it's an eighteen league; he'll be fine. All right, let's get into the week three matchups. Start off with the Steel Curtain, 0-2 against the Fleetwood franchise, 2-0. Franchise, 32-point favorites in this one. Um, we have on the Curtain side, Derek Carr, Dalvin Cook, Gibson, Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Carter, Russell Gage, Dalton Schultz, Garrett Wilson, and Mark Ingram. Um, on the franchise side, we got Josh Allen, Javante Williams, Damian Harris, Jamar Chase, Cortland Sutton, Darren Waller, Elijah Moore, and Curtis Samuel. I'm imagining the edge projections real low because I think they probably aren't expecting Schultz to play this week. Um, I'm sure that's it. <laughs> talk about Ed's team. A surprise so far, for me at least, has been his rookie wide receiver, Garrett Wilson. Uh, four for 52 on eight targets in his first matchup. 8 for 102 and 2 scores on 14 targets in week 2. I don't think we expected a lot out of the uh, Jets passing game, especially with Joe Flacco, and I think a lot of people anticipated Elijah Moore to be the guy. Do you guys feel like Ed has something special here with Garrett Wilson? Uh, I don't know that I want to say special yet. And I, I, I think he's a spe- I think he's a very good player. I don't don't get me wrong. Just like that quarterback situation is just so shitty. Um, and when like when's it going to get better? I don't I don't know when that quarterback situation is ever going to be better than it is now. Which is I mean, what's it going to be? Flacco Wilson. I mean, I don't, I don't see that getting better anytime soon. Um, which really keeps all their wide receivers value a little lower than they should be. I think you put Wilson on a team that has a competent quarterback, and I mean, I think he could be a star. But 
just not going to happen right now. The question is special. Do I think he can be special? No. He is a probably middle-tier wide receiver, too, uh, at best, which in this offense, in fantasy, he's a really good player. He was a really good prospect coming out. Uh, that's not special. No. He was the top receiver taken in the draft this year, correct? You're talking in the NFL draft? Yeah. I'd have to look. I believe so. Yeah, okay. I, I, I know there was a bunch that were in consideration, so that's why. I mean, we've seen the last couple of years that rookie receivers tend to hit, um, especially highly regarded ones like this one. So I didn't know much about him coming in, but I think last week was more of a product of them playing from behind. I think Flacco threw it over 50 times, so that's obviously always going to help when um, your wide receiver's quarterback throws it that much. No, London was taking two picks before him. Oh, you're right. Yep, that's right. It's bad radio. Um, but I like Wilson so far. I kind of dogged the pick, especially when we were breaking down week one. I said that he was a goose egg potential, so um, definitely, I think, a good add. Just a, a follow-up with Ed's team. Are we concerned about Dalvin Cook? Yeah, I think it got to be. Um Watching that game um, the other night against the Pat, uh, not against the Packers, against Eagles. Who they played? The Eagles. Just, I mean, I, I feel like the Eagles team is pretty good, but that that game, that run game, just seemed just really out of whack. <laughs> he had twenty <laughs> for ninety against Green Bay, so I don't want to like, I don't want to overreact here, but that that was an ugly, ugly effort by Minnesota that night. Yeah. I'm wondering how much of it is. I mean, the Eagles. The, kind the of, Eagles D, like their line, their offensive and defensive line is really good. Yes. Yeah. Really good. So yeah. to answer your question, there are a lot of question marks in this starting roster and bench. Dalvin Cook, that would be the one where I I feel pretty settled. He's going to finish as a top tier RB one. The rest is where I would really be worried. All right, we'll go over to uh, the franchise side. Man, I mean, I hate to talk about Josh Allen every week, so we won't bring him up because that dude is outstanding. Yeah, that dude's outstanding. Um, Javante Williams hasn't scored yet. Do you guys think Javante Williams gets in the end zone Sunday night against the San Francisco 49ers? No. I don't. Told you. I'm a Melvin Gordon truther. <laughs> Told you last week on the pod that I think Melvin Gordon's better than him. Or he's still a very... I think I said he's still a very good player. It's He's still... I don't know. I think Gordon's better than him. Um, very close, but I'll say no. Javante does not get the end zone. I he's, he's not. Be, he's not better than him. That's you're wrong. But that, okay. Yeah. No. No, Shane, you're wrong on that. Uh, I okay. do think he gets in because I saw an article saying the Broncos really need to solve their red zone puzzle by running it. 
Uh, and because of that article, one putter at least, Javante Williams. He should have scored in week one. He fumbled on the one-yard line. So, I mean. They had two fumbles on the one-yard line in that game. Yes. As a Seahawks plus six-and-a-half backer, something I can get behind. I'll take the Fleetwood franchise to win this one and go to 3 and 0. How close is that? Uh, not, it's not particularly close, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to look for an argument here, but that Jay Allen guy is, uh, is on the one side and uh, he's not on the other side, so I'll take the franchise. I, I believe I've let my case be known here. All right, next game. Nevermore against the Renegades. Uh, Renegades 106 to 94 favorites right now. On the Nevermore side, we have Kyler Murray, Leonard Fournette, Rashad Penny, T. Higgins, Jahan Dotson, Dallas Goddard, Travis Etienne, and Traylon Burks. On the Renegades side, Lamar Jackson, Saquon Barkley, Jeff Wilson Jr. Terry McLaurin, Michael Thomas, Kyle Pitts, Zeke Elliott, and Adam Thielen. Um, we'll start off with the Renegade side. I've got a text from Fegley this week. I want you guys to comment on it. So, uh, he says, Zeke averaging 4.2 yards per carry and has 25 touches in two games. I'm not sure how you guys feel about it. Um, I think Zeke is a 12 to 15 carry per week or touch per week guy at this point in his career. And yes, they probably should use him a little more, but they have, like, they need to get Pollard the ball just as much as Zeke. I think we talked last year that Pollard looked better than Zeke. So what are your guys' thoughts on Zeke's usage and should Dallas be using him more? Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the guy from Reading, Pennsylvania doesn't know more than the Dallas Cowboys coaching staff on this. I, that's that's close. Mike, Mike, <laughs> McCarthy, Mike McCarthy. Hey, yeah, no, I get it. I, 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 look, people all offseason were saying down on Zeke, down on Zeke, down on Zeke. I, I, I was someone that didn't really believe this. I thought, hey, he's done so much for that organization, and he didn't look that bad to me in, in years prior outside of when he was injured. But he's not a priority for this offense anymore. And with uh, different quarterback, with Pollard needing to get – I mean – Pollard, every time he touches it, he looks like he shot out of a cannon, looks explosive, looks unlike Zeke. I'm out on him. I mean, it's one of the reasons that I raised, hey, even though I, I, I liked Zeke before the season, looking at the roster and saying he was a key piece of their running back court, it's one of the reasons I said, hey, there, there's a lot of question marks here. Yeah, what, what year is this? Year six for Zeke? So is that what we're in? Um, I can find that out for you. Yeah, I want to say it's year six. Um, but I, I 
15 carry game guy. Um, clearly, they, they have a little something in Pollard. He's a pretty good player as well. Um, you got to get both of them the ball. And we talked about it a little bit last week where you're, you're seeing more and more where, where teams are kind of splitting the workload at the running back position. Um, and I think it's a smart thing to do from a football standpoint in, in some situations when you don't have a true bell cow. Um, I, just, I just don't think he's that 20 to 25 carry guy any, anymore. Um, better better suited to touch the ball 12-15, like you said, and, and maximize the, the effort on, on those touches. So this is year seven for Zeke. He's 27 years old, one year younger than Todd Gurley. I think that what's really hurting Zeke here is no touchdowns, obviously. Um, the fact that the offense has struggled to score points, I think, is the biggest thing because he should still, if they were an offense that was moving the ball, you would expect him to be the guy that's that's running into the end zone and inside the 10. So. Yeah, and I, and I think in years past you've seen, like, they're, they're going to give him opportunities when they get inside, inside the 10 to, to punch one in. Um, just haven't seen a lot of that yet this year so far, so haven't seen really any of it yet. So, I right. like the record to show 196 points uh, places him as roster number eight overall through two weeks. Wait, what? He's still, on, he's still on this Renegade best Wait, top roster. When you said when you said top roster, he's he's number eight so far. Okay, cool. Um, all right, we'll go over to the Nevermore side. Um, big game, Lenny. 15.7 in week one and a good effort against Dallas. 24 touches last week, or 26 touches, sorry, last week against New Orleans. I'd imagine more of the same this week against Green Bay in the touch uh, category, probably 20-plus touches. I'm thinking we get a big uh, Leonard Fournette game this week, especially with all the injuries still surrounding the Tampa Bay offense. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm expecting a big, big Lenny week this week. Um, and I think some of it's going to come in the passing game. Um, we saw down the stretch last year, Fournette was huge as out of the backfield for Brady. We haven't seen a ton of that so far. Um, this year, but I think that that, that takes up this week because I think it's a big game as far as obviously Brady, Rodgers. I think the Bucks are really going to want this one. Not saying you don't want to win it all the time, but um, kind of a big two of the better teams in the NFC now for the last couple of years. Um, I think you I think you see Fournette catching maybe five, six, seven balls this week. So I'd like to see him get a little more involved in the passing game. Big week, big week for big game. Big game, Lenny, two tutter Lenny, whatever nickname you want to use. He's getting the end zone twice, minimum twenty points this week for Lenny Fournette. That's uh, your first real spicy take of the night, there, Phil. I like I it. I a lot. <laughs> um, I do. Like I said, I think there's twenty plus touches again for Fournette. I'm looking forward to. Uh, seeing how this game plays out because it's not <clears throat> going to be, you know, Devontae and Mike Evans and Gronk and Godwin, all four of those guys not probably playing in this game. So 
um, two very different uh, different teams than we're used to seeing, at least so far. Um, I'll be curious to see if this one gets into uh, a little bit of a shootout or if it's more ball control and stays in the, the low to mid-40s in the, the game total. Who do you guys have winning? Renegades versus Nevermore. I'll take the Renegades. Yeah, I think this one's going to be a little closer than the experts think. Uh, give me the Renegades. One of the top rosters for a reason. Give me the Renegades. Ear clown. <laughs> oh my god, Waddle. Waddle? Waddle plays for the Dolphins. Uh, whatever the backup running back name is. Warren? Whatever his name is? Warren. Jalen Warren. The, the guy you're about to say is a top keeper? Oh. oh. No, the fumble like that. Yuck. Alright. Bull Weevils versus Desert Dogs. Some reason ESPN thinks the Desert Dogs are going to score 102 points this week, <laughs> almost, almost matching their total through two weeks. Um, but we are seven point dogs against the Bull Weevils. On the Bull Weevils side, we got Tua, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Michael Pittman, Cooper Cup, Dawson Knox, AJ Dillon, and Jalen Waddle. Um, on the Desert Dogs side, RW1. McCaffrey with a Q next to his name popped up on the injury report today with an ankle injury. <laughs> Love that guy. Cordero Patterson, CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, TJ Hawkinson, Ramondre Stevenson, and Tyler Lockett. Darnell Moon on the bench this week. Um, we'll start off with the Bull Weevil side. If he only started Michael Pittman, Cooper Cup, and Jalen Waddle, would that be enough to win this week against the Bulls? <laughs> <laughs> Cup's going no. for 102 scores this week against Arizona, so <laughs> let's start off right there. Oh man, no, wouldn't be enough. But that's a pretty pretty good lineup over there on the bowl wheel side, huh? Yeah, pretty uh pretty solid team. Um, but no, I'm gonna give a little more respect to the uh, Desert Dogs on this question. I I think uh. I said the last one. I still think your team's all right. Just haven't performed yet. Just haven't performed yet. Got to get in the end zone a little bit. Obviously, McCaffrey, McCaffrey's got to be healthy and, and do McCaffrey things. So, you know, but, we're talking about the dogs versus the wolf, the the weevils, right? That's right. Okay. They just put check it. Um. No, those three players would not be your roster. Okay, I, think. I I I, I kind of think the analysts are, are, are close on this one. What? I don't think I don't think it's that crazy. The the one hundred two versus one hundred nine. Okay. Um. All right. So on the desert dog side, um, we have I believe scored one touchdown other than a quarterback in two weeks. Um, we had zero touchdowns last week. McCaffrey scored in week one. Um, over under one and a half touchdowns this week for the Desert Dogs roster. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go over. 
Um, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, who but, scores them, Shane? I'd love to know. <laughs> I think CD Lamb gets in this week. Oh, all right. Um, so I think I think you can find find one somewhere else. Uh, I'm not sure where it's going to come from, but I think CD Lamb gets in. So I'm going under. I I I don't see it. Yeah, I'm a Phil. I'll take the bull weevils to win this one. Yeah. Definitely a reason not to take the dogs this week. I'll take uh, take the weevils. I think they got a better team. I'm going to take the weevils until the dogs make their move. Yeah, I don't Big know. trade incoming. I don't know if that's happening this year, buddy. Um... All right, let's go to Mixed Mad Dogs versus the Seawolves. Uh, Seawolves right now 113-104 to 104 favorites this week. Uh, Kareem Hunt, the only guy in play tonight on the Mad Dog side. He'll join uh, Matt Stafford, Damian Pierce, Debo Samuel, Devontae Adams, Tyler Higbee, Christian Kirk, and Tony Pollard. And then right now on the Seawolves side, Jalen Hurts, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry. Rashad Bateman, A.J. Brown, Zach Ertz, Allen Robinson, and Hollywood Brown. Um, we'll start off on the Mad Dog side. Um, who do we want to talk about? Let's uh, let's talk about Christian Kirk. Uh, he's been he's been outstanding so far this year. Six for one seventeen in Week One on twelve targets. Caught all six of his targets last week against Indy for 78 yards and two tutters in that uh, big uh, big Jacksonville win over the Colts. Gets the Chargers this week um, at L.A. What do you guys think about Kirk this year and this week? Yeah, I think uh, we asked the question a couple weeks ago, or I did anyway, are we sure that he was good? Um Certainly been good so far. Um, seems to be a good uh, good rapport, good fit with uh, with Trevor Lawrence and in the offense so far. So I think it might be a little little slower week this week for Kirk, but certainly uh, exceeding my expectations for what I thought he was going to be. Yeah, I, I thought it would be good. I didn't think he would be this good, and he's been so good through two weeks that this entire offense is improved because, based on the the coach that they had last year, no reason it can't continue. Yeah, Doug Peterson, obviously a huge upgrade over uh, Urban Meyer or whatever that was last year. Uh, I think the Mad Dogs are going to need a little more, though, out of Kareem Hunt tonight. Only 2.9 points so far. Two catches for 12 yards and seven yards on the ground. Uh, as predicted, this one's 14-13. Slowly approaching halftime here. High-scoring game that we all thought it would be. So I think there's still some opportunity for Hunt to put some points up on the Mad Dogs side. Um, let's talk about on the Seawolf side your quarterback Jalen Hurts um, just an outstanding Monday night game 
333 through the air, 11 for 57, two scores on the ground. Um, this is a non-fantasy related question, but we have to put him in, it's early obviously, but I think he's going to be in the MVP discussion this year. What are your thoughts? Hurts. 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 Their offensive line is so good, and their defensive line is really good too. As long as he doesn't make mistakes, he's going to be in that discussion. You know those MVP voters love to pick the next hot type of quarterback based on what they've done in the last few years. They always want to move on to the next guy. Hurts is, you see, you see what he did last week against Minnesota. He looked really, really good. Not saying his situation is not any easier than anybody else's, but he played well. And as long as he keeps it going, he'll keep being in the discussion and keep being a seawolf. Yeah, I mean... After Josh Allen, you got to say he's probably right in that next tier of, of MVP candidates. I mean, I got to gotta figure like it's Josh Allen's to lose. Yes, right now. Um, right now, and, and I, I think we all expect that to continue. One thing I will say, watching, I mean, I've gotten to watch both of his games so far, and you're going to, obviously, I've heard some our other league, and I get to follow him pretty closely. Um, you're going to have a few games where there's a couple clunkers thrown in there. But from watching him for, for two weeks, his passing has improved. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's obviously been kind of the, the knock on him so far. as hasn't been a great thrower of the football. Um, the running talent's obviously been there. But passing-wise, hasn't been outstanding the first couple of years. Um, but it, it's definitely improved. He's looked better um, through the first two weeks this year. And if that guy just be mediocre and be slightly above average, he, he's a dangerous quarterback, especially in, in fantasy. He was already a good fantasy quarterback. Um, I mean, you guys tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I think a lot of that is due to how good the offensive line is this year. Well, how good the offensive line is. It's so much easier to, to pop back and hang out there and pick your target. Well, how good the offensive line is and then you add a weapon like A.J. Brown. Yep. And... Clearly, things are going to get better. Yeah, I don't think that Minnesota is a, a scary secondary by any means, but what struck me um, the most Monday night was how open the guys were. Um, they were doing a good job scheming. It looked like he was playing in Alabama and Oklahoma again with guys just running across the middle of the field, wide open, whether it be Smith, Goddard, or Brown. I mean, those are... Those are three pretty good targets for an NFL quarterback to have, and if you can get those guys open, all three of them can do things with the ball in their hand, not Tyreek Hill level, but um, they're able to do some things when when they have it in space like that. So that's what I, I've noticed is that they're just running plays that make sense for that team, and he has easy throws to make. So, yeah, I'm a big, uh, big Hurts believer. I think right now I'd have him probably fourth in the MVP um, behind Allen, Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson. But those, I think, are going to be the four names that people are talking about this year. Lamar? Did you see, Come the, game? On. Did you see the game that he had last week? <laughs> Come on. I, I mean, it was pretty impressive. 
Lamar contract season, buddy. Yeah. Um, I will take... I'll take the Seawolves to win this one. Um, you know, I think that you've got a good wide receiver core. Um, and obviously, you have the, the running backs that we talked about last week. Bateman's been impressive. Um, gotta love the Arizona Cardinals stack with Marquise Brown and Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz so, um, I'll take the Seawolves. He's on my team. It's whatever Bears receiver I draft that year is, is the new <laughs> milk carton. So. I just can't help myself with getting part of that. I am so, <laughs> so done with that organization. No. They I threw for 70 yards in a primetime game. They threw nine times in, in the NFL. They from behind the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> I, he's awful. He is one of the worst <laughs> quarterbacks I've ever seen. That that might be the worst team in the league. It's them in Seattle, and they both won in week one. They're both horrible. Horrible. All right, we'll go to Abusement Park against the Flock next. Uh, right now, Flock, 12-point favorites uh, over Abusement Park. We got... Uh, Nick Chubb and Pat Fryermuth playing tonight. Muth with the goose egg right now. Chubb's got 58 yards on the ground. They're um, playing alongside Kirk Cousins, Joe Mixon, Mike Williams, DJ Moore, Michael Carter, and Daryl Henderson Jr. Um, on the flock side, we got Burrow, Jonathan Taylor, James Robinson, Deontay, who's got four for 48 tonight, Drake London, Mark Andrews, DeAndre Swift, and Devin Singletary. Um, over on the flock side, James Robinson, one of the one of the best buys at the draft so far this year on the flock side. Um, but we'll talk about we'll talk about Devin Singletary. Um, eight for forty eight, two catches for fourteen yards in week one. Six carries for 19 yards, two catches for two yards, and a blowout victory. Um, I've seen you know a lot of both Bills games because they've both been in prime time. He hasn't played as much as I thought he would based on his performance last season. Uh, we've seen a lot of Zach Moss and a little bit of James Cook sprinkled in as well. Um, I'm I'm concerned about Singletary's fantasy value. This feels like. They're totally cool with Allen throwing it 40-ish times, and of those 40 times, there's going to be times when Allen runs. There's going to be designed runs for Allen. Um, and Moss looks to be the guy that they're using in passing situations where that used to be Singletary's role. 
Um, are we about done with Devin Singletary being a fantasy-relevant player? Yeah, so this guy's been one of the most frustrating players fantasy-wise in the last few years. Yeah. Um, I have him in the other league, and, and I still feel like he's a pretty good player. Um, and he's proven, I feel like, a few times where if he's given a full workload, he can, he can do something with it, but they just have never really given him that opportunity to, to show that for an extended period of time. Um, and I don't see any reason that that's going to change. I mean, they, you kind of are what you are at this point. Um, and you got to put up with the fact that Singletary's going to touch the ball roughly 10 times a game, and you hope he gets in the end zone with one of them, but um, he's, he's nothing more than a flex to play and, and pray. It's <laughs> kind of what it is. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of someone that it's going to have value in the first eight or nine weeks. Uh, and by week eight or nine, it starts to fizzle off. This is going to be a cook offense uh, come second half of the season. I'm sure of it. Play Singletary way he can. He's a good player, but he's not the future of this organization. Yeah, I think there's some validity in that. Um, I thought it was a good job by you picking up James Cook. Um, I just don't know that it's ever going to be a running back offense as long as Josh Allen's playing uh, the type of football that he's playing right now in his career. So that's what scares me about just that that room in general and that team. It's kind of like they, they just need the running backs to not screw up. Right. <laughs> that's, that's basically what it is. Just yeah. don't screw up, let Allen do his thing, and, and they're going to be fine on offense. Um, on the Abusement Park side, miserable Monday night game for his quarterback, Kirk Cousins. But if there was ever a week to start Kirk Cousins, it's a random week three, 1 p.m. Sunday game uh, at home against the Detroit Lions. That's just that just speaks Kirk Cousins going out there and lighting the world on fire because just when the games couldn't matter less, that's when you want Kirk Cousins on your team. What do you guys think? I agree. <laughs> I agree. And the uh, Lions defense has shown through two weeks that it's not exactly great. Um, offense is much improved. Defense, not a, not one of the better units in the league right now. So I expect big things out of Captain Kirk this week. Should be a game that nobody's watching. So I would expect him to go for 325 and three or four tutters. Yeah, I agree. One of the highest totals of the week. He's going to have a big game. Captain Kirk comes back big. Similar storyline to, to what Shane just laid out. Uh, riding that Kirk Cousins effort, um, I will take Abuseman Park to win this one because I think Chubb still scores uh, tonight. So. Yeah, I mean, I've made, I feel like, an absolute living out of picking the flock to lose and then having them turn around and just find a way to win every time. So I'm, I'm going to stop that. And I'm going to just pick the flock because I feel like they just, they, all they do is just win all the time whenever I pick up a lose. 
it's a get get right game for Jonathan Taylor. Flock come back. They take this one. All right, game of the week. High scoring total on the slate. Take your ball and go home against Team Ice Cream for division supremacy. Uh, right now, Najee Harris, the only one in play on Team Ice Cream. He's got 46 rushing yards and a touchdown. A couple points through the air for 11.5. He's joined by Mahomes, Edwards Hilaire, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, Travis Kelsey, Alvin Kamara, and George Kittle. Um, looks like Kittle will make his way uh, back this week uh, to play for the Niners. <clears throat> on the teabag side, Justin Herbert, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Gerald Everett, James Conner, and Amon Ra St. Brown. Uh, we'll talk about that gentleman, Amon Ra St. Brown. I think he joined a select group of wide receivers to start, I think, nine straight games in his career with eight or more catches. Um, I guess, I don't know if it's starting his career, but I know he's got nine straight games of eight catches. Three touchdowns already this year. Um, the big 36-point effort last week. Are you guys Amon Ra, St. Brown, Truthers? Clearly I am. Um, I got the extra cash from Nevermore in the draft, basically to draft him. Um, wanted to get him on my squad. Almost kept him in the offseason. Um, I'm at a pretty good price tag, but my, my running back price tags were just too too good to pass up, even though I thought St. Brown was probably a better player than James Conner. Um, just the value of, of what Conner's price tag was was, was too much to, to pass up. Um, so I, I think he is. I think the guy's really good. Clearly him and Goff have a good connection, and he's he plays just such a important role in that offense where I feel like he's clearly he's, he's getting looked at all the time and there's such a, a nice high floor for him because he's going to catch like you said he's caught eight passes or whatever it is in nine straight games but there's just plenty of targets there for him all the time you didn't hear the question Phil sorry can you guys hear me yeah we can I was on mute no I agree I, I mean He's been absolutely phenomenal. Just phenomenal. Um, expectations were high coming into the season, and he's already surpassed them. He's in the wide receiver one conversation now, moving forward. Tough team to beat if you're going to get quarterback play like Herbert um, and then wide receiver play of Tyreek Hill, Diggs, and Amon Ross St. Brown sprinkling. Aaron Jones being Aaron Jones and then just got to kind of try to get eight points out of your other guys. Um, so definitely like what you got going on here in uh, Take Your Ball and Go Homeland. Yeah, we got a, we got a teabag team this year um, built strong in the places that we need to be. Um, really hoping for a, a Wolves demise here so we can get some running backs on the roster. I'm confused. Are my running backs <laughs> terrible, or are they are they good? I can't I can't keep up with the podcast. They're terrible. You should sell. Got it. Um. All right. So on the on the ice cream side, 
Chiefs at Indy. Uh, this one feels like there could be some points scored, um, especially on the Chiefs side. He's got three of them. Mahomes, Kelsey, and Edwards Hilaire. I'll put the over and under for that trio at 60 points. What do you guys yeah, think? Um, that's a pretty good number, but I think the Colts, as well as the Titans, also stink. Um, man, I think I think you gotta you gotta account for a 30, 30 burger from a homes at the at the very min, right? So that's where I came. I came up with thirty twenty ten. So that's where the yeah. sixty came from. Yeah. So gotta figure Mahomes throws for at least three tutters. One of those probably goes to Kelsey. Um, that's twenty four right there. So I'm gonna say slightly over. Uh, I'm gonna go over two. It's a good number, but we don't put unders. I'll take the under then, just to be different, and because nobody ever checks to see if we're actually right about anything we say on this podcast, <laughs> and it doesn't actually matter. So, um, I would like to at some point go back and see how bad we are in picking win winners and losers in these matchups for. Our teams. Um, I will take. I'll take ice cream to win this one. I. Th uh, I'm taking take your bomb going. ESPN says ice cream's gonna win by eight points right now, but I like the, I like to go home side. I'm taking them. Yeah, got a pretty good heartbeat on my squad this year. Picked us to win both the first two. Um, ice cream, pretty good team here. These are two pretty good, pretty good starting lineups. Um, I think I'm gonna take ice cream in a pretty, pretty high scoring game here. I just like their side a little better this week. I mean, coming off a of 190 last week, I'm not sure if my guys can get in the end zone 15 times like we did. I feel like last week, um, ice cream by about seven or eight. Give me the teabaggers. Team of destiny this season. I'm just hoping I can get out of their way. <laughs> Don't worry, cause I still have the uh, keeping tabs on the uh, Juju, A. Rob, Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen, two in the top twenty this year. Ooh. Wasn't Michael or, uh, Thomas in that too? No, it's <laughs> now that I think about it, I put Bill Carter when I wrote down the name, so <laughs> it it's all it's all Fegley's guys, so that's why okay. it's it's right, it's, yeah, it's, awesome. it's Milk Carton one not two point <laughs> Then yeah, uh Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas, Juju, Cooper, Thielen. Uh, no, Cooper, it was it. top fifteen. No, it was top twenty. I got it written down here. He he tried to back down to top twenty five after uh after we pressed him a little. Well, Michael Thomas is eighth right now. Uh, Thielen and Juju stink, and Amari's going to be top twenty because he has a touchdown this week, and he's twenty first. So there you go. Just saying. All right, got four minutes left. You guys want to fill you? Anything else you want to rant about? <laughs> no, my I'm I'm out of anger. I'm good. Shane. 
I'm good for this week, buddy. All right. Well, hopefully we can get to 70 points this week in, uh, in Denver. That would be nice to try to get over that 60-ish mark because it's just been depressing. I'm in four leagues, and I'm one in seven. I lost two games last week in two other leagues, one by .04 and one by .7. Um, so, just not not great right now. So, hey, what was that? One passing yard you lost to Ed by one, last week? One passing yard, yep. <laughs> and then I had, uh, in another league, I was down huge, and I had Diggs and the Eagles defense on Monday and made it real close and got a sack towards the end of the game um, with, from the Eagles, and then Minnesota just decided to let the clock run out. So, but yeah, we got to get the Desert Dogs in the wind column soon here. It's uh, noticeable how different the podcast is when we don't have uh, the Desert Dogs pumped full of uh, adrenaline and uh, beating their chest and, and, and picking themselves to win every week. I'm just trying to put together a more professional experience. I think, uh, you know, I think the league deserves a more quality effort that's more unbiased. So, that's all. All right, so that's week three. We will talk to you next week when we uh, look forward to week four in the Sons of Fantasy Football League. This is the end of the first round of the divisional matchups. We'll get into some crossover games next week. Thank you guys both for joining me. And uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.